Hey everyone, it's Jay Sen. I'm here with Tristan Bolum, who is the CMO of Shping. Uh, welcome, Tristan. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. So this is the CMO Network podcast. Um, we do interviews with CMOs all around the world, basically uh, giving CMOs to learn from each other and people who want to learn what a CMO does, thinks, you know, how they solve problems. This is the place. So Tristan, um, the first question I like to ask uh, CMOs are, who is the target customer of your current company, Shping? And what is the product or, or service that you're providing for that target customer? Yeah, certainly. So, well, it's actually kind of um, timely that you're, you're asking me because we're undergoing what I would say is a, a brand, a rebrand. And on that, it's identifying who our target customer is or our dream customer, because I, I think is everybody in marketing um, should know who their dream customer is and that kind of lends itself to what you're going to be about in terms of your brand and message. And for us, it's that 25 to 35 year old female who's the primary shopper. It can be um, outside of that, but uh, that's our dream customer, the, the primary shopper, 25 to 35 year old female tech embracer there who we're trying to target. And our application is about savings and reward. And we use a unique blockchain um, to reward our customers. Um, and so what we've done is we've created a platform where you can take your shopping cart, which is say $250 worth, and it can find you the best deal across multiple retailers. So it saves you, saves you money and time. Uh, and then on top of that, we also reward you for using our application through a unique blockchain, which you cash out any time. So um, your ideal customer is um, someone who sort of uh, looks for making smart shopping decisions and yeah. sort of the, the primary person in their household who does the shopping. And so they want to be, um, they want to be a thoughtful and smart shopping shopper. And then secondly, they want to, they want to earn rewards. Uh, so, so is there, I, I think one question that I would just ask you very quickly about that is that, is that sort of, is there a connection between those types of people, uh, Tristan, and people who know about um, tokens and coins and things like that? Because it seems to me, you know, that there might be like one group of people that are very savvy about buying coins like Bitcoin and Ethereum and so on. Uh, and then another group of people who are out there buying you know, their laundry detergents and their toilet papers and so on. So could you walk us through a little bit, like how that, how you connect those two personas or? Certainly. Well, great question. And firstly, can I, I say that there, there isn't, doesn't, well, there doesn't have to be a connection for somebody to understand crypto and be the primary household shopper and understand what Shping does. There doesn't have to be a connection whatsoever. The, the way that we've set up the application is that you'll simply get rewards just as um, you would use uh, in Australia, flybys or everyday rewards, which is like a loyalty program. Shping has that same kind of feel um, to it. So even though it's based in crypto, you're still cashing out into real money. You're still getting your rewards just as you would normally use in a, a loyalty program. So there isn't that connection that needs to be made for somebody to understand the world of crypto or blockchain. Um, they can just use the application for what it's for, which is savings, but also to get rewards out of that application as normal 
loyalty programs would work. So there isn't that connection required. Um, we are in a kind of unique space, as I said, is that we, we use the blockchain to reward our customers. And so there is a, a crypto element which people can understand about our project, um, but for the consumer, it doesn't need to be, there doesn't need to be that connection to, to crypto. Okay, got it. So, so essentially your, the way that it works is you just serve the customer, the customer, you make it easy for them. And right. they don't even have to know where the value is necessarily stored and they don't have to actually deal with the coins at all. They can just get the, the money back when they need it, right? It's completely transparent to say that by an interaction, um, say you scanned a can of Pepsi, um, that you would receive a reward and that would come into a dollar figure into your account on the application and that you can cash it out. You don't need to see the inner workings of how it reacts to the exchange that you sell that your your blockchain token and then you're given a reward you don't see any of that because that happens through the exchange anyway so all it really means is that you receive a reward in terms of whatever you want which is spin coin and then you can cash that out for real money whenever you choose got it okay so um let's briefly talk about the next uh, part of this uh, cmo journey which is um, for your target consumer, your target, your ideal target customer, as you said, you're going through a bit of a rebrand brand. So let's talk about that rebrand briefly. So what prompted that and um, where sort of, where do you see that leading you? Yeah, okay. So we've had great success initially. So before I came on board, they had about 300,000 downloads and part of it was had some skew to a demographic. And then what we've done is we've honed that to say, okay, well, this is the dream customer. And so now let's expand on that. And how do we get more users into this application? And what's the best way? And by having a look at our current assets, we understood that if there was a rebrand, new messaging, that we could really identify that person and somehow align the brand to what they would be using it for. And so we thought, okay, well, we've got a skew of users that are currently using the application and we're kind of here, there and everywhere. If we hone what we've done to a 25 to 35 year old female, are we gonna have better success? And from our sample audience, we can see that we would have better success by honing our messaging and our branding towards a certain demographic. And so that was really what started our, our rebrand. Got it. So, so essentially you looked at the data, you have about 300,000 people that downloaded it and you looked at the data and you said, and you're, and you're pretty new there too. We're going to talk about it in a moment. Um, and you basically said like, let's look at who's actually getting the most value, who's really excited about this and how we can uh, establish ourselves, you know, as a household name. And you saw it was that, that 25, what was the upper limit? You said 25 to 25 to 35 year old. 35, female. Right? I mean, we've got a, got to cap it somewhere right, um, of right. course if we love to say we just it's just all females or all right. males or it's just everybody but we've got to cap it somewhere so yeah. you know the type of language that we would use um, we would understand from the channels especially that would dictate the kind of messaging that we would have and so that of course narrows the uh, the demographic as well but um you want to touch on my background and I'll, I'll also get to that as well because they've never had um, in Shping, they've never had any kind of marketing department. So I'm the first um, iteration of what a marketing department looks like. And I think my background in 
I'm, I'm data driven. So it has to be, there has to be something. And I think we're now at the stage where every marketing officer needs to have a background in some kind of data. You have to base his decision on something. It's no longer, you can't go on gut feel. It'll work maybe one out of two times, but that second time, you know, you're on the hook for it. So everything's got to be backed by data. And, and so we're lucky enough to have set up the application properly and all the channels properly to understand what kind of traffic's coming through. And then that can, of course, inform decisions later on down the track. Yeah, that, that's great. So you, you've, you've been there a short time. So how long have you been there? And what's, uh, so what's the, I've only been there for four months. Yeah. Um, and it's been a whirlwind, uh, kind of landed and then we're like, let's rebrand. So, so there was a lot of research uh, and development that went into where we're coming from. You know, we've got a new version of the application coming out soon as well. So there was all these kind of obstacles that we had to overcome in order for the marketing department to be successful. And I'm always of the opinion that marketing is not a cost we should be generation of, of money um, in an organization. And it's just about getting there. What is the, the roadmap to success? What does that look like? Um, because I think that's the new school. There's, there used to be this old um, adage of sales versus marketing, but that's just not the case anymore. You've got to be a team environment and you've, you've got to be looking to help one another. The sales um, has to be, working with the marketing and the marketing has to be working with the sales if you're going to have a very successful operation. And that's kind of what I learned. And that's where my experience and my background is from. And I brought that to Shping. Great. And when you're rebranding, are you going to stick with the same name and website and so on? Or what does the rebrand, like, is it the imaging and the tagline or what are the different aspects you're going to be covering in the rebrand? Oh, I can't give it all away, Jay. I wish I could, but I can't give it everything away. But yes, we're keeping the name, um, we're keeping our website, but there's going to be some refreshment done to that. But we've done enough of the initial scoping to understand that there is some difficulty with our name, there is some difficulty with the website, there's some difficulty with the application. We've got to own that and understand it. And then we've got to devise a plan to overcome that and to start all the way from a fresh would be a step backwards. So we may as well start somewhere where we can understand what the obstacles are and then we can work out a plan in order to get around them. Great. Um, so in terms of your customers, they're mostly app users, right? They, they download it on Android or on Apple, iOS or, or Android. So what is the majority? Is it more, is it like 70, 80% Android or is it 50-50? Is it yeah, so it was actually very interesting to find that out. Um, and I mean, if we just kind of went by gut feel, we would say that um, the iOS would be the majority, but it was very, very marginal in terms of split. So it was about 55, 45. So iPhone users were, were using it a little bit more. Um, maybe we'll see a skew even more now that we've got a, a defined audience in 25 to 35 year old females where we think that most of them the majority would be iphone users but we may be surprised yet i mean there is always people out there that have tech embraces which we believe our, our audience are and they may be using a different um device in order to to download a new shipping that's a, that's really a a well thought out uh, perspective on on that because I think it does affect it right because you have an app and then 
you know, in terms of people who are the intersection of sort of being tech savvy, but also wanting a bargain, um, you know, it's interesting to see where they lie. So how do, how do customers find out about you? What are your core channels? Oh, well, we're actually launching into a user acquisition campaign and our core channels are going to be PR, paid, and then social media management. And we've got a number of, uh, and I'll go into a bit more depth into the kind of channels um, that, that we'll be using. I mean, we've also got, we'll be using search and, and paid, but then because we're an application, we've got things on the app store that we can utilize. We've got Discord channels, we've got Telegram, we've got other ways of communication. We're also looking into influencer management as a part of our plan. Uh, there's a number of different things and it's a really exciting time for Shping because by coming on board and we're doing this rebrand, we're going into a test and learn approach. So we want exposure to a number of different channels and the way that we can execute within those channels. So not only are we doing like what you would call traditional, which is um, Facebook and Google advertising, but we're also looking at other ways. What, what can we do to have a groundswell of, of user acquisition? And can it be that we look at influencer um, management to try to get users involved or the validity of it or is it looking at like almost guerrilla marketing where we we understand that people are going to be using this in brick and mortar stores in, in shopping centers do we look at how do we approach them in a non-intrusive way um, to be able to download the application and use it to save money in their shopping love it um, so in terms of customers choosing to use your product and app um, what are they choosing between sort of what are the alternatives and why should they choose? Why do you think they, they you know, you put yourself at the top of that list for them? Well, uh, I think that there's nobody else out there like us. So I think there are some similarities in the features that we have, and there are other applications out there that maybe do the kind of the same thing, but there's nothing in there that actually rewards you for using it like we do. So there are certain aspects, as I said, that, there is an application that might save you money. There's an application that may reward you money, but there's nothing together. And part of what we what we want to achieve is we want to give power back to the individual. And there's not an application out there that is doing that currently. And there's certainly not an application that's doing that with some kind of blockchain technology. So we're very unique in that space. And I think we're very lucky to be very unique at the same time. Um, crypto sometimes is a dirty word, but we don't see it that way because, as I said, you don't have to have this amazing technological background to understand what the blockchain can do. It's very transparent within the application. Scan an item, you get some rewards back and you can cash it out. So that being said, there are some applications that have you know, some similar features. And why I would say that is we're much better is that we understand what the customer is needing at this particular time. And we've developed the application to provide the solution rather than just have an understanding of you can save money. We actually have the mechanism to save money. So there's the, a slight nuance in, in what our application does rather than some of our competitors. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it sounds to me, if I'm understanding um, correctly, Tristan, is that um, people are getting rewarded for scanning uh, items on the app, not necessarily the purchase itself. Is that, is that right? Or That's right. That so well, there's a number of ways that you can um, get rewards. And let me break that down. So if you were to put a review up about a particular product, so another 
user has an understanding of what the product is and whether it's any good. So if you were to upload a, a review, then we would certainly reward you for that. We also want to understand exactly what a shopping cart looks like to the individual. So if you upload your receipt, then um, we can certainly tell other users if there is any kind of special or anything like that, then they can have access to the, that type of information. So a reward for, for that, but also scanning. So if you scan an item and then you would understand that there is additional features. So there's education, there's videos, there's nutritional facts um, that a brand would want to tell you that you can't receive on the packaging itself, then they have an opportunity to be able to say to you, hey, have you thought about, you know, X being a nutritional benefit because that's something that isn't on our packaging at the moment, for instance, and let me give you a real world example. So Pepsi are on board with which being at the moment, right? So if we were to take a nutritional fact or a product of the year certification or something like that, that Pepsi has, and then the packaging is only so big, it can't tell you exactly what it is, or they're running a competition or whatever it may be, then you have an opportunity to gain more information from scanning that item. And we want to reward the customer for doing that. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I mean, essentially there are all these um, latent behaviors that shoppers are doing anyway and to some extent you're saying like these can be you can actually turn it into a bit of a game and um, as they're doing that shopping essentially becomes sort of a, a way to learn more buy smarter um you know and essentially win points and so um, you're you're turning it into a, another another experience, kind of like a, a, a layered experience, if you will. Um, we like to use the term immersive. So what we've done is we've taken what um, the technology from an online portal, where you can understand better information about a product, and we've taken that into bricks and mortar, where you can get that same technology and that translates to a brick and mortar store where you can actually physically pick up the product, scan it, and then understand more about it. I mean, there you hit the nail on the head by saying that it's, it's you can have a smarter shopping and purchasing decision because you can walk into a store and then there may be nuances of a product where you just don't know. And part of that would be user reviews. So if you were to go and buy a bottle of shampoo, it's a new brand, you don't know whether it's going to work for you. Well, it'd be great to know that you could see 150 reviews on a product where people have said, yeah, great product, does exactly what it says. Um, my hair's silky and smooth. And that's just in the palm of your hand. So what we've done is we've given power to brands to be able to spruik what their best features of their product are, and then also educate the customer so that they can make better, smarter decisions. Right. Um, so just in terms of, in terms of the customers, the channels you're mentioning, uh, possibly influencer, possibly like in physical, uh, you know, having some sort of physical uh, ability to, 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 to have people try it out or, or some kind of guerrilla programs combination of, because you are an, you are an actual retail experience. You're not a, a primarily e-commerce experience. You're primarily a physical experience. So that's pretty interesting. Um, yes. And, um, and then in terms of why they're choosing you, I think you shared that it's, it's kind of, it's quite unique right now because you're, you're combining saving and uh, on one hand saving and on the other hand, getting information and 
also shopping. And so um, those are the two different aspects that you're sort of bringing together and getting rewards. So that there's rewards in shopping and shopping and getting information. You're bringing all those together. Um, so in terms of growing, uh, if you had to sort of say your thoughts about the next one year or so, six months, uh, um, are you excited about growing? And what are your sort of your thoughts about how you can, you know, how you can take this forward? Well, honestly, that's why I joined the organization is I am extremely buoyant about where this, this product can go. Um, at the moment, we're only available in Australia, but we've got plans to expand overseas and we've, we know there's an appetite for it. We understand that people are, have really seen the value in Australia and this was kind of our test case to understand what was going on. Um, and now we've seen such great results and success that the sky's the limit. It honestly is. We've seen such amazing um, reviews just from brands, not, not consumers. I mean, we'll take that to one side and I can come back to that. But the brands itself, I mean, we've got hundreds of brands that have adopted this new technology to say, this is amazing. You know, we're, we're stuck with traditional ways of advertising to, to end consumers with, with Google, with Facebook, and it's becoming super expensive too. When we look at the hyper-targeted audience that we've got, and then you look at a brand that wants to go out and, and say something about their product, there's not a lot of avenues other than Facebook and Google, right? And then you're looking at a huge wastage because you're not getting to a very targeted audience and you're looking at a low return on investment as well because everybody's starting to catch on. Bids are going crazy. The impressions, that kind of costing is enormous for these, these types of traditional advertising avenues. And we're providing this application to say to brands, well, we don't need to be rewarded. You can reward the end consumer. And that's why we're seeing so many brands adopt the technology of shipping, come on board and say, well, this is amazing. I can actually speak to Joe Blow down the street and he can, he can be rewarded for having a look at our and, and letting us educate him about a can of Pepsi. And so now it's about this peer-to-peer -peer transaction where Pepsi can reward you for learning about their product rather than spending it on Facebook and Google. So, so, so basically, yes, you're super excited about the growth and, uh, you know, you really are hearing, um, the brands see it as a breakthrough for them really to, to essentially be in, be, um, at the right time, at the right place, when the consumer is at the, you know, most interested in actually learning more about their products and they're not limited to the label, they can actually communicate anything they want and they can interact with that customer any way they want at the right time, in the right place, in the right setting, you know, with the right person. And so, um, so yeah, there's just a lot of opportunity there. Um, what about on the other side, you said like there's some learnings that you've been doing on the customer side. So you could, we could maybe, I have one more question after this one, okay. but uh, how would you summarize that part just because you brought it up? Okay, so yeah, there, there is always learning that you get from the consumer, like their behavior within the application. We've certainly got event tracking, which enables us to understand exactly why and how they're using the application. And also just speaking anecdotally, anecdotally um, to, our, to our audience, we're able to understand the little nuances of why and where they're using the application. And that's hugely valuable to us. 
um, being a new application, having a user base of about 300,000 people, you're getting good data and understanding the behavior. And then it's about, okay, well, what do we want the end consumer to actually do? Are they following the behavior patterns or are they just going off on a tangent, but are we getting to the same goal? And do we need to readjust to where we need to see the, the audience member becoming valuable? And that's the kind of learning that you get from, from understanding where and how people are using your application or service. And we're very lucky to have all the statistics already um, to give us that information. But at the same time, you have to understand that maybe your purpose of which you built something isn't the purpose for another person. And you need to change tack in order to make sure that you're both getting the best out of it. So they're both getting the consumer goal, but also your organizational goal. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that you're that you're sharing here, Tristan, is that you're looking to make the organization more of a learning organization and a listening organization. And so you're saying that um, we're in a position where we can actually see what the user needs based on their behavior and adjust. And, and then if they have concerns or issues, pay attention and care about it and resolve them. So, well, I think you've uh, got to be Jay, right? That this is the new world is that you can't just present a product and expect people to buy it for what it is. Like there may be people that purchase some purchase, whatever it is, and then go home and use it for a completely different purpose than you ever even thought of, but you've got to be open to that and understand why, because that's just a potential opportunity that you're losing if you're not receptive to these things. So the final question I always ask a CMO, um, so I, I run a couple AI startups and I always ask this question, um, what problem in marketing from your point of view, do you wish someone would tackle with, you know, to solve with technology or with, um, you know, make it easier for, for someone like yourself? Like it, as you're looking through all these different things you're having to do, um, what would you, what would you point out as, as, oh, this is a problem someone should be solving I've got a big one um, and that is agency I think there is so much hit and miss out there that when you find a good agency you want to hold on to them for dear life but to find that one agency is extremely difficult um, you know probably most CMOs work on word of mouth or who they've used previously but there are people out there especially in web3 now where they understand this at a whole new level. And we need to start trying to talk to these people and understanding their value. And then that can give us a better understanding of why we would use them. But agencies always difficult to understand whether you're gonna get value out of them. You can set up everything in order to have a successful campaign, choose the wrong agency, and it just doesn't work. Hmm. Very interesting, I like that, that's pretty cool. All right. Well, Tristan, I think it was a great CMO uh, episode chat. Um, thanks for being on the CMO network. And uh, for people that are listening, this is a place for you to learn uh, essentially the mind of the CMO, how they're, how they're approaching their, their careers, their, their life, their job, their challenges. And I really appreciated having the chat with Tristan today. It was great. Thanks, Tristan.